welcome to the Momgasm podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Welcome back to another episode of the Momgasm podcast. This week, we have a super special episode for you, which I'm so excited and extremely grateful that I was able to record this. This week, my mother, Inez, and I, we sat down a few weeks ago and we recorded this super special episode about both of our experiences of being survivors of sexual assault. It was really important for me to have this conversation and to be able to share it with all of you, not only just you, but for future Sarah, so that I can look back on this conversation and know how far I have come and know how far my mother has come since surviving. It's not always easy to talk about the pain that's in your life and to share your story, but if you can do it with someone you love and trust, and you know that you will be seen, heard, and held, I urge you to do it. This conversation is just that. This is a conversation of my mother seeing and hearing me, and this is a conversation of me seeing and hearing my mother. I will forever be grateful for this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. conversation (laughs) that's always the hard part well I can start that so I guess we could start sorry I'm gonna keep burping if I'm gonna be drinking beer (laughs) (laughs) it's already happened (laughs) (laughs) so I guess we should start first off by saying hi I'm Sarah and hi I'm mom Inez (laughs) (laughs) and this is wild that you are on the podcast right now yeah, yeah. not wild but like shocking and scary and like ooh, it would be gonna, more who's gonna be hearing me well who's gonna want to listen to this more people that more yeah. people than you think are gonna want to listen to this well, if lots of people want to listen to me talk about the things that i talk about oh god yes 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 I know the things she talks about. At first, I was like shocked and like, oh my God, that's my baby. Like, why is she talking those things and saying and swearing? And then it was like, well, you know what? A lot of people are watching her. So a lot of people are interested and really need to hear what's being said. So that made me just very proud. Well, yeah. And I think I definitely have moments where... I have more moments than you probably think that I have, or I think, oh shit, what if my mom is listening to this right now? Oh my God, she's going to... Well, I've done something right, because you're having (laughs) some guilt there. (laughs) I think the biggest thing, like, the thing that I was so excited about was when you came to the live show, and I was so nervous to, like... (laughs) And it came across because every time I would like say something or like if I knew I was going to say something like really sexual, I was like, mom, please close your ears. Like, don't listen to this one part. 
but you handled it well it was you were fine it was a great show yeah yeah it was a it was a really good show and Lindsay shocks me more than you yeah Lindsay Lindsay is just like such a free spirited open-minded person that like yeah wow she is legit an open book in every sense of the word every sense of the word and And her husband is so like quiet I know and stoic and it's yin, yin and yang. Sh- yeah, yin and yang. Nothing shocks him. Right. It's like, okay, that's my woman. You know, I support her. But you think like it, it's like the balancing of the scales. If you're going to have someone that open, mm-hmm. it makes sense to have a partner who is so reserved like and like and quiet, Oliver. Like right? You and Oliver. <laughs> but it's like you say that, but then at the same time, like when you get Ollie in a room with people he's comfortable with, he will not shut up. <laughs> And there's so many times where he recognizes he's like, I'm talking too much, aren't I? I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> like, that's I, where Henry gets it. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely where Henry gets it. He has yeah. too many questions. Yipper. But um, we got to get on to the main reason we're here. Well, yeah, I mean, we can work our way up to it. I know that you're feeling kind of nervous. So, like, I don't I want... I just want to get this talked about <laughs> and over with before the little grandbabies get back to the house. You're, And I think that where you're coming from is that you don't really get to talk about this stuff where like before oh. I started doing the podcast I didn't really talk about this stuff well I never spoke to any of my siblings other I didn't go in you know like they knew that our father was a, a child pedophile really he um, he did it with pretty much all the girls and tried it with grandchildren and it was to me I stood up to him and fought back but you know I've often thought of the ones that didn't or the ones that tried to and just couldn't and you know he was never brought to task for it and that just enrages me yeah but uh I was I think I was one of the lucky ones because I stood up to him from the get-go and just pretty much said no and then you know I told mom and and uh you know she put a stop to it yeah but yeah I never you know we really didn't get into a lot of detail with other siblings because I knew what they had gone through and if they weren't ready to talk then I wasn't going to raise the subject with them and bring back you know uncomfortable feelings and shame or anything that they may have been feeling so and it was you that because of what you had gone through yourself and you know wishing that when it had happened to you you had said something or you know hinted to it or something that I could have realized because then I would have had that power to be able to let you talk and reassure Mm. you that you know this was nothing to do with you you did not put out any signals to say that you were bad and to do this to me this was just a very sick-minded person that just took the first opportunity he had for any little girl that was within his reach Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and you know that's always been such a a torment to me that up until that point I just did everything I possibly could to you know make sure that you were 
and your sister were, or your brothers were never in a situation yeah, to allow this to happen. But you begged and you begged me to let you go up and play with your cousin Holly right mm. next to the park because you wanted to play at the new park. And, you know, kept saying, well, Marilyn's there, blah, blah, blah. And I made sure that Marilyn was going to be home. But somehow, some way, he was able to lure you in. In that one instance, and that just... Well, let's give a little bit of context because, you know, everything that you just said, I think we all, from the from the podcast and from people listening, a lot of people know that I am a sexual assault survivor, um, I, early childhood as well. Um, uh, so I have early childhood trauma, sexual trauma, and so do you. You are exactly. also a sexual assault survivor. Exactly. But because I was able to put a stop to it personally myself, that helped me to cope with it. And I think it's it's interesting because it's interesting on so many levels that we're having this conversation, that we've been able to have this conversation mm-hmm. yeah. throughout our relationship. And one thing that I don't know if I've ever really talked about on the podcast, I think I talked about in the episode where I it was dedicated to my history um, from, I think it was called uh, sexual assault survivor or something like that to, to recovery, something along those mm-hmm. lines. And I think I had talked about my, my journey, but I don't know if in there I really talked about our dynamic relationship and because mm-hmm. I really wanted to have your permission because it is your story. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think I just want to like go back and give a t- rough timeline so that the viewers have an idea in case like anyone else has been through childhood trauma and can relate. So you yourself, you lived a life where you had some instances of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they had stopped before you became a mother. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Then you had all of us and, mm-hmm. um, we're uh, you're an amazing mom and if i i could dedicate a whole episode to talking (laughs) about how wonderful a mother you are and how wonderful uh, a father dad is and every time i talk about it with therapists i cry because i'm just so thankful (laughs) but um so when i was eight years old i had an incident where i was sexually assaulted and it was really unfortunate as is every fucking case it's unfortunate yes um there was nothing that I could have done to have known what was going to happen prior. Mm-hmm. That was just what happened. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember coming home and really deciding that I was going to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have this, I I had it down pat of when I was going to tell you. And I think I may have told you this story, but I had created this fantasy of when I was going to tell you. And I thought it was the perfect moment to tell you that I was a sexual assault survivor on my wedding day. Oh my God. And I had it all played out. You know how little girls dream about their wedding day? I was dreaming about my wedding day and then telling you this big traumatic fucking story and thinking that it'd be no big deal. And that because you'd be so happy that I was getting married, we'd just be like, oh, it's okay. She's She's fine. fine. We're proud of her. Yeah. Yeah. And I had it all. But how ironic that you took such a joyous day. Right? to let this you know and I, I remember it out. perfectly it was like i 
I can see it so perfectly. I'm there with like the traditional princess gown because mm. my Barbies had princess gowns. That's what <laughs> I was going to wear on my wedding day. Right on. We were in like a tent and you would you walked into this white tent as I'm looking in the mirror at myself and I would turn around and you were so proud and you're saying, oh, I love you. Look at my daughter. She's getting married mm-hmm. and dad will come in. And I'd say, yeah, and I have something I need to tell you guys and I never got to tell you and I need to get it off of my chest. I was sexually assaulted when I was a little girl and I'm okay now. And you can see that mm. I'm okay. You wanted to ease our pain. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I never wanted to see you guys in pain. I never yeah. wanted to see you guys upset. And that's why I held on to it for as well, long as I when did. When we were in therapy and I, s- you know, and I said, you know, my, she asked me how I felt and I said, I felt guilty, you know, that I had wronged you and allowed this to happen. And you just got up and left the room and saying, no, it's not your effing fault, you know? Oh my God, I don't remember that, Mom. Yeah, because it was hard for you. Yeah. When I was a teenager and that was, that was my first therapist? When, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I blocked that memory out. I do not remember that. Mm-hmm. Because I think you just didn't want me to feel <sighs> that I was, you know, bad mom because this had happened to you. And that's what I realized after thinking about it for a while is you were saying that to protect me. Yeah. And little did you know (laughs) that your mom had experienced it all. And Yeah, I had no idea. You know, like I said, when you came home and I went to do the laundry and I seen your your panties with the blood on them. This was after this this had happened and I had, uh, you know, that, that popped into my head. But I said, no, 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 that wouldn't happen because I've done my utmost to protect her, keeping her home within, you know, the radius of our house type thing, always knowing where you guys were. So I thought, oh, she must have fallen. She must have, you know, uh, happened on her whatever. I think I remember you asking me about <laughs> it. <coughs> yeah. I think I, I don't remember after this had happened that I was sexually assaulted when I was eight. Mm-hmm. I, I have a very vivid memory of coming home and getting into the bathtub and wanting to scrub my skin raw because yeah. I felt really dirty and disgusting. Mm-hmm. I do not remember having blood in my underwear, mm-hmm. but I have a very faint memory of you saying something about about my underwear and me mm-hmm. being really upset. Yeah, you would. You just and you know if I had had any sort of um, training, you know, or knowledge in how to deal with that and asking about the right questions and how to ask those questions, I probably would have been able to get you to open up. But perhaps deep inside, I just did not want to know. But it made me even more, (laughs) you know, whether it was a good or bad thing, I just became very overprotective. And then I noticed when we Mm. went on vacation, you sitting in the front seat between your dad and I and you were having a panic attack and that was just that was the same summer i remember that yeah there's little things that popped up and you know it's just made me think why are those things happening to sarah because she you know you were always such the the strong and free-spirited and brave one you know watching scary movies all the older siblings who say i don't want to watch that mom it's scary and sarah's oh you babies (laughs) you know you were yeah like and then you know it's just around that time mm. that these things started popping up 
But then you think, okay, maybe she got spooked by something and she just won't admit it or, you know, crowds became a panic situation for you. I I do remember that. I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I remember being in Walmart when I was maybe a preteen and having Mm -hmm. heart palpitations and I didn't understand what was happening. Yeah, because there's strangers in crowds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I remember being very, very afraid of Mm -hmm. older men when Mm -hmm. I was a yeah when I was a kid. So all these little things pop up. So I mean, if a parent starts noticing, little changes, what can you say? There's nothing you can say. There was nothing you could have said. No, but I'm I'm just saying, like, if parents that are listening now, if they you know hear that I notice these little changes. You know, learn, read books, learn how to open up the conversation with a child Mm. and say, you know, I noticed lately that this is happening or that's happening. What do you think is making you feel that way? Right. We didn't have the type of computers and information, you know, highways that we have now where we can Google up this or watch YouTubes on this and that to to help us but I was saying to you the other day well, when I called you up to ask you if you'd want to do this episode with me mm-hmm. and I was really nervous to, to ask you because yeah well I was scared when you asked because I thought where's this going to lead you know I don't want to become an emotional wreck or say the wrong things on here you can say you whatever can o- you want you're not going to well, say the wrong thing that's what reassured me as you said no you just you just say what you feel exactly you, know, you don't got to say anything that you don't want to but Right. Yep. And I th- that that's the start of any conversation. If somebody just says, just say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. There's no pressure in telling us things you really aren't ready to tell. What's that song by John Mayer? Say what you need to say. <coughs> say you what go. you need to say. Sorry but about the tickle in my throat. It's okay. Um. <coughs> so yeah, when I called you up and I asked you that I, if if you wanted to do this episode, one of the things that I had. We had, we had kind of, I mean, we, we have talked about this uh, bef- before, mm-hmm. like I had mentioned, you know, when I, when it happened, it, I, actually, I'll finish giving the timeline because I feel like that's really pertinent to the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. So I told you, I'm just going to do it real quick. Mm-hmm. I told you, or no, it happened at eight. Mm-hmm. I, when I was in uh, junior high, best friend Lacey told mm-hmm. her and she was the one that got me to go see the counselor at school mm-hmm. who then left a message on the phone Mm -hmm. and prompted you to ask me why the counselor was leaving a message on the phone for me. Mm -hmm. And then I remember that day I told you and I swore you not to tell dad Mm -hmm. and you were just, I remember your reaction and I was so scared of your reaction because I didn't want to make you upset. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt you. I didn't want to break your heart and that was my worst case scenario. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. A parent's child is hurt. That's going to happen. And I remember you embracing me and like telling me how much you loved me and you were like, oh honey and like just hearing the pain in your voice and it destroyed me because I didn't want to see you upset. You know, that was, that was like the most paramount thing to me is I did not want to upset you and dad. And maybe that's why a lot of children don't tell. I I absolutely think so. I mean, I was eight years old. I mean, like 
that's something that complex having to a child. There's a whole lot of other things that I can talk about that had happened to me, but one of the most paramount things mm. that had stunted me from ever saying anything was that I did not want to break your heart. Yeah. I did not yeah. want you to look. I also did not want you to look at me with pity and think, and oh, my Sarah. <laughs> well, I would have because yeah, it had happened to you, but it wouldn't have lasted. It, it would have just been the initial it you wasn't. telling me. It w- afterwards, it would have been, I'll do everything I can mm. to help her overcome it. I was also really scared of like what dad would do. Like if he, especially what? when I was eight and <laughs> if he would have found out, like I yeah, had he a would have, yeah. very vivid image his, of dad temper, going in. The Scotch temper. But like yeah. I, I said to Sarah, it's not your father you would have worried about. It was me because I would have went up and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, you totally would I really would have. I, I beat a guy up before. I would have beat the living shit and every punch <laughs> I give him, I would have <laughs> said, this is from Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I get it from. I get my yeah. feistiness from you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I told you, at, I think I was like 13. And then I swore you not to tell dad. And then I think it came out one really traumatic night in mm-hmm. an argument. Yeah. I think I may have been 15 or 16. Yeah. Somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. And then all this time, I still didn't know that you were a survivor of sexual assault. No. You you kept you kept that from me. And those are tough years. Those, those were really from tough 13, years. From 13 really to 18 oh, are, are, are tough years for boys and girls because you are learning so much about yourselves and your strengths and your weaknesses. And for you to tell us and, you know, waiting for our reaction, that's a scary, scary, scary thing. It was like me mm. telling mom that dad did that. And, mm. You know, it's scary. But, you know, I remember sleeping outside her door mm. to protect her because I thought he was going to do it to her. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you went through shit. So and you. thank God you had you had Lacey there because, you know, you were able to talk to Lacey and Lacey helped you to be able to talk to your dad and I. And <coughs> you were going through other things. So. I, there was many a times we butted heads. Many. And what did I say? I say, Sarah, I just love you in spite of what you're doing, in spite of yourself, really. Oh, yeah. man, I'll never forget the day. I, You know, like, there was definitely, like, rebellious teenager energy, oh, which every yeah. teenager has, but I think The foul it, mouth and the oh stubborn yeah. attitude. <laughs> but I think it, it was a little bit over the edge for me and that I felt like I had a reason Yes, to rebel yes you don't know what i've been through exactly mm-hmm. that's exactly mm-hmm. that was my flag that i was f- mm-hmm. fucking flying all over the place yeah. i was like no you don't one's know. gonna hurt me again exactly so uh-huh. i had this like real warrior oh like mm-hmm. don't fuck with me like that's the way i was exactly yeah that's why i never dated any boys until i was what eight seventeen eighteen yeah and the first boy that tried anything i just bumped him one <laughs> Right, just, I just whomped them. I did, because right, you think that it's yeah. just going to lead to a sexual attack, and uh, you, you just have to give yourself time to. I went the other way. I was talk to the partner and tell them, you know, you need to learn to trust. I was very sexually promiscuous, and you like were. I, I was scared, I was worried, but I knew what you were dealing with, and. You, your father and I knew that you had to know that, you know, we loved you and that no matter what, you could come home and 
either talk to us about it or not talk to us about it. You still had to show respect to us. Mm. <laughs> not like the time I had to slap you <laughs> when you told your father to yeah, I don't go F himself, but that was the time. That was that night? That was that night. And See, that when was I the told only that time story, I When I told that story to my therapist recently, mm-hmm. and like I, I don't really think about that story very often, that, that memory. No, because it's not a pleasant It's hard. Mm-hmm. And I, when I said it to her, I was like, I remember I was, um, I was depressed and I was yeah. having suicidal thoughts. And I said uh, to my therapist, I said, I, I had this conversation with mom and dad and I think I told them that that night. And I think mom was so upset. Mm-hmm. that she slapped me and I remember looking at you after it happened and you had never done that to me before I mean no. when we were kids like you, you got spanking you got, you got three oh, warnings frig, and yeah. you didn't listen after three boys I got Look soap out. in the mouth once when oh, I was a kid yeah. you I oh, mean like yeah. I deserved it we all did but yeah, exactly um when I said that to the therapist she's like that wasn't something your mom would normally do I was like no and I was like when I looked at her after she did it you I could shocked. tell you were shocked and I could tell that you were shocked I was shocked and I was absolutely astonished that you know that you spoke to your dad that way because you and your dad are so close Mm. you know yeah we definitely went through a period where we Mm -hmm. kind of fell out and that was just I was going through a lot of stuff in my head yeah you needed time away from us and you you said I'm leaving I'm going to stay at um um what's her name's uh Crepper's Leslie yeah yeah and I said uh no you're not you know because I wanted you to just talk to us and face everything no mom I can't I need to be away from you so I said okay so then I was upset for a few minutes and remember I called you at Lacey's oh my god or I don't at, remember at any Leslie's of this. and I said uh, I said that's okay if you need to be away it's okay just know that know that we love you I was at Leslie's yeah I said, you can stay there for as long as you need to stay. Yeah, because I knew you needed you needed that break. But you see, that was another time that you upset us. Maybe that's why you don't remember it. I'm you don't like hurting us. I had a conversation recently with Lacey. And we were talk- Lacey has an impeccable memory, and mm-hmm. I always tell her that. And I said to her that night, if she remembered something that I can't believe she remembered. Something's like so random. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I was like, man, I've got a terrible memory, Lacey. I don't understand why. It's not like I deal a bunch of drugs or I drink a lot. <laughs> and she's like, Sarah, you survived trauma. Mm-hmm. She's like, trauma and PTSD affects your memory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Maybe that's what shit. happened to my memory. I thought it was Alzheimer's. Honestly, no. I had that thought over the years. <laughs> I remember calling up Nick one day and I was like, Nick, I'm uh, getting real worried about mom. He's like, yeah. oh, stop. But but isn't that another amazing thing about Lacey? How she, oh, I, you know, she was I, able uh, to just. Lacey is a, well, oh, I could mm-hmm. do another whole episode about yeah. her. Yeah, she's an amazing young woman. Um, But yeah, there, you're saying a lot of things right now that I, I have no memory of. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit unnerving. Mm-hmm. But then remembering what Lacey said. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guess she is right. There's a lot yeah. of things that I blocked out. Yeah. I exactly. wasn't. Uh, so that's wild to me. Yeah. I don't I don't recall any of that. Yeah. Um, but we got through it. No. We did. And then after that whole falling out when I was 16. And that was like really traumatic. And like so... Not only did you know, but Dad knew, Meg knew, Evan and, uh, and not Chris. They knew eventually. They, they were there. Nick and Evan, my brothers, yes. were there in the house. Yes. 
So they but, heard all of it. But Evan didn't realize. He didn't understand, perhaps, because I told him, you know, two or three years, more than that, afterwards. And he didn't reply to the fact that he already knew. Hmm. So perhaps, you know, he he didn't understand the conversation or he didn't realize what you were mm. exposing at the time. I don't know, but mm. yeah. Yeah. And have, have you ever had a conversation with your siblings about it? I Asking them how they... I remember you telling me... Uh, when I was 16 uh, and when I when I that after that fateful night where I told you and dad you were like I think you should t- uh, message your sister and she was off at university she's mm-hmm. like I think you should have a conversation with her and I did and I said may and I sent her an email or like a message on MSN mm-hmm. I was like Meg this is what happened and I don't remember what her reply was and Megan has an impeccable memory so she would probably mm-hmm. remember the reply but over the years I've had a lot of conversations with Nick because uh, Nick and I we grew you really and Nick close. Are close yeah yeah, Nick are having the same mindset. Yeah, and he he's really showed up and and way he's showed up for me after becoming a mom. You know, when there was times that I needed to go to my therapist, he would show up and watch Henry yeah. and be there for me and and Oliver mm-hmm. in ways that I didn't expect him to be. Mm-hmm. And I would come home after these appointments and I would talk to him and mm-hmm. I would tell him what I was going through. And I remember many nights when we were teenagers. Some nights I drank too much and I'd end up crying, thinking yep. about what had happened to me. And he'd hold me. Yep. And he'd say, Sarah, you're okay, bud. You got through it. We mm-hmm. love you. And I remember one night saying to him that Evan didn't understand. I think Evan and I were in a fight. And he said to me, he's like, Evan understands that he loves you. Yeah. And you need to remember that. Nick is such an, um, he just is, a stand-up he? guy. He is. Like, he really is. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I think it was around when I was... 21 I think I was 21 we went for a walk one day and it Ollie and I were going through a rough patch I must have been 22 because that's when we were going through a rough patch and I came home and I was staying with you guys for mm-hmm. a week and I wanted to go for a walk with you and I think Lacey was going through something too and so I, I just I had a lot I needed to get off my chest mm. so you and I went for a walk and we just started talking and I, and I think I said I was having a hard time with this stuff because I was really starting to finally process what had happened mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you came out with it and you told me that you were a survivor. And I, I don't know if we've ever really talked about how I felt after you told me that, but I was shocked. And then I got really upset. And I remember like the weeks after I started to get angry. I remember talking to Ollie and I thought, why didn't she tell me when I was a kid? Why didn't she tell me? Why wouldn't she open up to me and and let me know that I wasn't alone and that it happened to other people because I felt so alone. I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like such an outsider. None of my friends had been through it. Yeah, like when you told me the first time you told me when you were a teenager. Yeah. And it was I wanted to tell you. But, you know, being a parent and the amount of love you have for your kid, you think, okay, if I tell her now when she is so vulnerable and she's dealing with all the things a regular teenager deals with plus this trauma is this going to make her even more traumatized because she's going to be worrying about me and that I went through it Mm. 
So I thought, no, no, there'll be a time. There'll be a time when she's a little stronger. And I'll tell her. And it was a lot easier to tell you than it would be to tell your sister. Mm. <laughs> Believe me. But Wait, does Megan not know? Um, I don't, th- I don't think she does. Well, she might know now unless if she, she listens to this. Yeah, and unless she heard from another sibling about daddy, you know. Mm. But Megan is a whole different sensitive person than we are, mm-hmm. you know. Always been over, oh, oh, my Lord, I protected her to a point where I think I've, I've hindered her, you know. Mm. I didn't. I didn't even allow her to enjoy her graduation party because I was just so worried that someone would have taken advantage of her if she was drunk. But anyway, that's beside the point. It's <laughs> mm. I think I told you at the right time because you, you were able to deal with it a little better. right? You already had a strong relationship with Oliver, mm. even though you were going through the rough time. You and Oliver had a good, strong relationship. Mm. Right. And uh, what's great about that is that Oliver is a listener. Mm. He's very he's wise. He's a listener and he's a learner. He's a learner. And he allows you the time that you need. Which, you know, I thank God every every day that you found a partner in him that you found. Because I, I don't think there could have been anyone else out there better. Mm. Right. Now I'm going to cry. I know. (laughs) Ollie's going to do it, eh? Because I'm just, yeah, it's a blessing to know that you have that support. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm. It did us both a world of good telling each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Because it released a lot for you. Yeah. The, The thing that I come back to when I talk to therapists about this and like we have since um opened up this conversation but I said the one thing that I realized that I really needed from you and last year when I came home when we Ollie and I were really going through it in, in yeah. October yeah and uh every couple do <laughs> yeah and I came home and we had a good talk on the deck and I came home with the purpose to formally invite you into my healing yeah and i said to the therapist you needed me to hold you that's right just like i did when you were a little baby right before all of that happened up to that point you just needed me to hold you and just reassure you that you were still the wonderful person you were you weren't tainted right yeah because i there's no there's no more scars there anymore no i mean i mean love has overcome those understanding being able to talk to people about it. The more you talk about this trauma, the, the more, more healing the more healing happens. And anyone out there that has had it, if you can't talk to people that are in your family, you know, I hope you're blessed with having good friends or, you know, a pastor or a priest or a minister or you know, a person that work, anybody. Just find that person that's just willing to listen. To be your soundboard. To, to be, be your, your soundboard. your mirror. Yeah, and no judgment. And that's what you were for me. Yeah. And you, you know. were for me when you allowed me to talk about it. And yeah. Yeah, so 
It's a wonderful thing. We were blessed in that way. We have each other well, to help each other through it. Yeah, and I, I agree. And I think when I was a kid, thinking back to how I wanted to tell you and how I wanted... I wanted to tell you and then I wanted to be done and over with and I never, yeah. never wanted to talk about it ever again. Yeah. And that was what I thought was the perfect uh, perfect thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not just a child's point of view. I think a lot of people have that point of view. Even as an adult, oh, yeah. you want to just get it out. Any bad news, done you and over get it, it out. Yeah. Never talk about it ever again. Yep, exactly. And exactly. the thing that I think we have both leaned into, and although it's uncomfortable, it's not uncomfortable to talk to you. It's just no. uncomfortable to relive those emotions mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to mm-hmm. to talk about them to articulate mm-hmm. them because you mm-hmm. don't want to no and but you're, fr- you're afraid that the person you do choose to tell perhaps that's the type of person that does not want to hear negative things yeah they don't want to know that about you yeah so or they'll worry know, they'll, yeah they'll worry to a point where they they think that you know there's this, there's this like fine line of, of supporting someone, and then there's this other line of like worrying to the point where you are kind of like, yeah, almost like controlling mm-hmm. the how they're going to express. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like you, you, you. Some people are so uncomfortable with hearing such difficult things that yeah. it's like I'm gonna, I'm th- if I. Because I have done this before, to be honest, with Lacey. It's like, uh, if if I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to control how you're going to express this to me. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's not right. You, know, know, I, you know. know, you have to listen. That's all you have to do is just, just listen. listen. And you, yeah. you did that for me. Yeah. You... Yeah, just listen. The, the, I think when I was a teenager... I knew that that's what I needed was for someone to just listen. Yeah. Don't judge. Yeah. Don't come back with any, you know, think, thinking that you have to say something to make it all better because that's not what no. we need. No. We don't need any sort of feedback. We need you to just listen yeah. to what we have gone through to the, uh, just the pain, the sorrow that had happened. You know, it's like. You want to be heard. You want to be heard. And when you're a child and it happens to you, I mean, how many people, you know, actually stop and listen to a child, mm-hmm. right? Not too many. So it's, to me, it would have just been such a amazing thing if we were able to have that opportunity. If you were able to say, Mom, someone hurt me. Because that would have just opened things up for you. You would have healed a lot quicker. Maybe. Because I would have, I don't know, I would have understood, because I went through that same thing. At a young age, I mean, I was eight when I put a stop to mine, mm. but I know what it was like being a child and that, and how you feel. Mm. So I would have been able to. I wouldn't have forced you to tell me things that you didn't want to tell. I would have just said, "Honey, when you ever, you know, if you're feeling scared." Or if you have a bad dream and it's about that, then you come to me and you tell me mm. and we'll talk about it. I mean, how many times have I told you these people may touch your body, but they never touch your heart and soul. Yeah. Right. That is yours forever. <laughs> it makes you stronger. Right. 
It makes you more pa- um, compassionate. And resilient. And resilient. Yep. And you you learn that gift of doing that for someone else, of, you know, being that person that's there to listen, like you did for Lacey, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You did it for each other. And I thank God every day that you had Lacey, even though at the time, to me, I was worried about that is because... You know, you were spending all your time with Lacey, and I thought Lacey's troubles were what was making you, mm. you know, that force that you became at the time. Little did I realize that Lacey was helping you. Mm. Oh, yeah. She right? helped me big time. Yeah. She yeah. was giving me an outlet. She was giving you the outlet. Yeah. Yeah. I trusted her, and she trusted me. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. <sighs> So it worked out. I mean, it wasn't me that was able to help you, but I am glad that you had someone like Lacey that understood. Well, you're helping me now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since I came home the last October and I said to you that what I missed out on in my healing and my processing as a child was you hugging me in those moments that I felt so lonely. So so vulnerable. So, so vulnerable. So So panicked and afraid. Yeah. I I, I wasn't able to go to you. Mm-hmm. Not that you weren't re- wouldn't be yeah. receptive. Yeah. I just If I, you were like your son Henry and just came to me and said, Mummy, I need hugs. I know. You know, I need lovings. Right? <laughs> you would have got it. <laughs> I know. Because that boy is just so open He's to his emotions. Thank such an empathic Lord. and emotionally articulate mm-hmm. and intelligent four-year-old. Yeah. Sometimes I worry. <laughs> I, what parent do. doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? There's always those little things, you know. Okay, he's got a very bad temper. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's cute now, but like what's yeah. it going to be like when he's 16, right? <laughs> yeah. Rolling over here screaming about something and knocking things over. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, look how strong he is. Oh, little dude. But yeah. like when he's 16, is like, oh, shit. <laughs> we should have put a stop to that when he was yeah. two. And you do yeah. an awesome job with teaching the boys about a person's body is their own. Mm. And no one, no one has the right to touch your body unless you say it's okay. Yeah. You started that when Henry was in a Roland's age and that is such an awesome positive thing for every parent to teach their child start at a young age and you do it in a way that's not scary to them you just teach them okay those are parts of your bodies is it okay if mommy washes that yeah because you that's ask. yours you have to tell me do you want me to wash it or do you want to wash it mm-hmm. that is teaching them in a simple way that your body is your own and no one is allowed to touch it unless you say it's okay. Yeah, the other thing is like their genitals is not their only private area. It's their exactly. entire body. It's their entire body. So that's what I say. It's like you Henry, your body is a private body. It's yes. for you and yes. only you. Yeah. If you don't want anyone to touch your shoulder or to touch your head, you to touch are, your hand, you have, you have every a right. right to say, No, thank you. Don't yeah. touch. Yeah, that's something yeah. that Yeah. You know, because that's I'll be honest having a parent who is a survivor being myself a survivor mm-hmm. knowing the amount of women that i know now who've mm-hmm. been through it and i've mm-hmm. been there for friends of mine at the day after that mm-hmm. they have been assaulted and i have seen it being done and i have kicked and the I shit know out of people. just as many men 
as young boys who were sexually assaulted. And so having all of these experiences and these memories that I have and it, I would lie if it would be a lie if I said that I don't worry about Roland and Hank. Yeah. Every, every parent does because it's just so prevalent now out in the open, you know, that technology is able to spread Mm. the word that Mm. this, these Mm. predators are out there and, Mm -hmm. you know, thank God when they are registered, you know, but because they're registered and because there's alerts and whatever, and you see it on whatever, I don't know the word, you're just more aware. So, you know, it's just not girls. It's the boys. It's everyone. It's everyone. Yeah. So they just have to learn their, where their uh, safe spots are. And that's a, you know, one thing that, I mean, there's so many things, but one thing in particular that you and dad gifted me and I think my other siblings mm-hmm. is that you always made it abundantly clear that our house was a safe place. Oh, for sure. It didn't matter where I was. didn't matter who I was with. didn't matter what I was doing. If mm-hmm. I needed you, mm-hmm. I could pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. And you oh, would yeah. always come get me. Oh, yeah. Dad would always show up. And get he wouldn't there. ask questions. Oh, God, no. He yeah. would just say, are you all right? Yep. I say, yep. You need to be picked up, do you? Okay. I'll be there. <laughs> and I, you guys, I don't know if you really realize how amazing that was. All of my other friends didn't have parents like that. That's terrible. When they would hear what you and dad were like for me and my siblings and and that I could call you at any time and that if I wanted to partake in underage drinking, I could do it in the safety of my own home because you were watching me. Well, Well, to a point. To a point. You wouldn't (laughs) let me get wasted. No, but I mean, if you were having friends over. Senior high school, like grade 11, grade 12, you'd say, Sarah... If you're wanting to drink a few beers, I'd rather you do it in the safety of your home than somewhere I don't know where you are. And I always taught you, you can enjoy a drink. Yeah. Do not allow yourself to become intoxicated because then you have no control. Yeah. And knowing you, I shouldn't have worried because you were always the one that was looking out for everybody else. You made sure all your friends were not being harassed and... And and yet and yet, <laughs> other people's parents thought I was the freaking bad oh, influence. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they said that to me, and I I corrected them very quickly. Oh yeah, that always made me angry. No. I wanted to go over to them and be like, "Do you know what your son or daughter did the other day? And you call me a bad influence? Mm-hmm. I was the one that brought them home. Mm-hmm. I was the one that made sure they didn't get, you know, yes. whatever." Yeah. No, I don't. I, I I led my life that way. It's like yes, enjoy a drink, but. Uh, you know when to stop because keep you got to keep your wits about you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And every yeah, every young girl should be taught that if she's out, you every know, young and she boy wa- and girl and every boy, yeah. And you know, have a drink, have a glass of water in between. Have a drink, have a glass yeah. of water. No yeah. one knows what you're doing, but you are taking control of yourself. Exactly. Right, you're protecting yourself. Exactly. Um, so now that you're, now that we are older and wiser and more majestic, I don't know about the wiser. (laughs) 
when you look back over rounder maybe (laughs) (laughs) mom you're a fox and you always will be yeah right you always will be it's like my grandson said when i told him i said you go catch the ball zizi's too fat he said zizi no you're not fat you're just the right size for a zizi (laughs) oh yeah so So i thought well there you go i've reached zizi status and i'm perfect (laughs) But yeah, now that we can look back at everything, would you have, would you change anything along the way of our relationship? If I could roll the clock back. If I could turn Turn back time. time. (laughs) Yeah, just the fact that I wish that we had been able to open up when it had happened. Hmm. So I really... I really think that you would have been more secure knowing that dad and I weren't going to treat you differently. We were just going to love you more. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. We just would have been there to to listen, mm-hmm. to reassure you. Because then you could have said, Mom, it's, you know, I keep thinking about it. I n- and so Yeah. Right? Could have held you. I mean, you know, and, 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 over the the last couple of months uh, you know diving back into my childhood and healing things Mm -hmm. I've realized that for a long time I looked at my childhood as like this big dark cloud Mm -hmm. and just always focusing on that one thing that happened to me Mm -hmm. and then my teenage years and how volatile they were at times and so I I thought I you know and when we would talk about me being a teenager it was like oh shit Sarah did this oh god did that I'm like drama queen I was a shithead I know (laughs) so I always look back and I was always like ah you know like I don't feel good about it but I've been you know doing my own work and I realized that yeah there was some dark shit yeah there was some stuff that I did that I'm not proud of Mm -hmm. um yeah, I made you cry. Yeah, I'm not proud of that. And there was a lot of things that I wish that I could change about the relationship between you and I and the relationship I had with dad. I wish that I wasn't an absolute arsehole to him in my teenage years. And I wish that I could have just, I wish that we would have just sat down and had a real yeah. good conversation. Yeah. Because I think that dad was hurt and he was hurt by the way that I was treating him. And okay, I, yeah. I was hurt by the way that he was treating me and that he wasn't showing up the way that I needed him to. Well, yeah. And see, dad didn't have anyone. He didn't have that male person to be able to talk to about how to help yeah. you deal with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I tried to, but. Yeah. We, know, we he, grew, he grew up with a dad, too, that wasn't. That wasn't emotionally, emotionally available. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. he was just a. <sighs> exactly. Provider. You know, exactly. He, he was a he wonderful was, man. He was a kind, good soul, but yeah. In a traditional sense. <laughs> he, yeah. He grew up in that era, era of time where men did not do that sort of thing. No. Dad, no. dad did the best that he could just by, you know, loving you. And I definitely had resentments over the years towards dad and his absence as a when I was a kid, but because he had to work so much. Yeah, I've gotten over that because I'm I'm a parent now, and uh, it's you know I can't imagine what it'd be like to have four kids. Well, if I had been a working mother, that would have helped. He wouldn't have had to carry those jobs, but he knew from the get go that 
my responsibility as a parent is to be a parent, not outside the home, in the yeah. home. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm I'm not against any woman that works outside the home. It's because there's a lot of women that can accomplish being my a own mother. sister. Yes, and working outside the home quite very well. Mm. But I just knew because of what I went through and not having a, a good family mm. structure mm -hmm. that I wanted to make sure that my children had a good structure. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so because of that, Dad had to work a lot and you did suffer and so did he. Yeah. Because we have so many awesome memories that Dad he can't remember. share. Yeah, he doesn't have. So he's working his damnedest now to make sure. Yeah, because I mean he's gone on trips with you guys. I made it a point of staying home so that he could have the experience. Yeah. Of going on trips with you. Yeah. And your. Yeah. Your siblings, you know, to make those. Oh memories yeah, he's definitely made it up. And like, I again, this is coming back to. That whole view that I had of my teenage years and my childhood, I thought of all these negative things. I only looked at the darkness. But looking back on it now, I, I only really see how much of an amazing childhood you gave me and how oh much yeah. of an amazing childhood Dad we didn't, gave we me. We didn't have any money. You didn't no. have any fancy toys. You got no. the one big toy at Christmas or yeah. your birthday. But it was being goofy. It was being goofy. You were present. Yeah. You were... Yeah. You were engaged, and and you also instilled such a such a curiosity in us to go outside, oh, to get yeah. what we wanted, to go and play, go build this, to get go dirty, build that. You know, yeah. like you, uh, I love. Just the don't <laughs> climb that freaking tree down in the yard <laughs> to the I very did. top and give me a heart attack. That was my favorite thing to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't I know it? <laughs> but no, we we had a lot of. A lot of good memories. No, we do. You were and, happy. And even in my... My house wasn't clean because I oh said, God, hey, no. my kids live in my house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, they tidy up. I tidy up. But hey, <laughs> I don't have fancy furniture and fancy things because I wanted you guys to have a happy childhood, something mm. that I didn't have. And we did. Yeah. I yeah. have so many good memories of being outside and mm -hmm. like just, yeah, really outside. Outside, I remember like you playing baseball with us and like mm -hmm. just spending so many summer nights outside. Like I felt mm -hmm. like at summer we just lived outside. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah. we were just perpetually out there. Oh yeah, playing hide and seek. Oh my gosh, yeah. But you guys didn't call it hide and seek, did you? Track call down. it track down. <laughs> well, no, we played <laughs> hide and they seek. They would tell me we're going to go play track down. I said, "What the hell is track down?" <laughs> That does not sound like a safe game. So then I find out it's hide and seek. Okay, hide in pairs. <laughs> the girls don't hide alone. <laughs> Pretty yeah, that was silly. A good game. That yeah, was a good game. I yeah, didn't get to play that often because I was uh, I was the baby sister. Yeah, they the didn't babies. want baby Sarah playing. Nah. So cramping you know. style. Yeah, that sucks. But uh, I'm very blessed that all four kids are are close you yeah. know they went through their normal teenage shit and hated each other and couldn't stand each other and now it's a very close love yeah yep that's important you need to have that know that if you got got a problem or just need somebody to vent with you can call someone <laughs> there's four of them there's always someone available <laughs> yeah Good job. I killed that rabbit or there would have been 10 of you. <laughs> oh, my 
I know. I know. That's what your father keeps saying. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Your dad's saying that too. Yeah. (laughs) Frig's sake. Honey, I'm pregnant again. What? (laughs) I know. But you got me in the very end, the last one. Yipper. I put you through a lot of crap, but hey, oh, look yeah. at us now, Mom. The little princess was born. Look at <laughs> I was not a princess. You were. Mama curled my hair every day. Okay. Where are my dresses? Where's True. my dollies? But I also like, remember that story? You The, the teacher sent me home from school with the note. Oh. You, you tell you, it. you listen. People listen to me. Sarah, t- I mean, if you know Sarah, you know. Sarah has to look like a princess look like the diva look like the fox look fierce but she plays like a boy (laughs) that's so true oh yeah teacher uh mrs murad i don't think you should send sarah to school in little dresses and skirts anymore because she likes to play in the gravel with the boys well so what she can play in the gravel and the boys with a skirt on (laughs) you're damn right she can look good i'll look good doing it that's right I might get messy, but I look good doing it. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just the best way to be. Right? Yeah. 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 And if your boys want to wear pink shirts and pink shoes to school, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Right? And if somebody gives them, they just say, boy, I can kick your ass with a pink shoe (laughs) on as well as a black one. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? That's so true. Exactly. <sighs> your brothers, Mom. your brothers wore pink jammies. <laughs> they're gonna kill me for saying. No, they're that. not. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. They're not gonna exactly. be embarrassed by that. Yeah, they won't. <laughs> no, I, I am so appreciative that you passed down. <laughs> and like, this is something that I remember you saying years ago. Oh my gosh, this maybe man maybe like 10 years ago i remember there was one day and like if anyone knows us um if anyone is listening to this that's from picto county and knows my brothers and sisters and my mom Mm -hmm. and dad Mm -hmm. you will know that myself and my siblings Mm -hmm. look a hell of a lot like my father (laughs) and you know, over the years, Except, like... Well, your brother has brown eyes. Well, yeah, Ev. Ev. Yeah. Ev yeah. definitely, he he looks like you, but he also really looks like my grandpa Muirhead. Oh, yes, yes, like, yes, yes. Like, identical. Yes. Uh, yes. Which is bizarre sometimes. Yes. Um, but I remember there was one time years ago that... Uh, I don't know what, what sparked this conversation, but I think that somebody had said something like, oh, the Muirhead is, oh, you can tell who their parents are, and like, oh, John Muirhead, yeah, John tell, Muirhead. Yeah, yeah. Right? Say, they would say to me, well, I can tell who the father of your children are. Well, why would you even have to ask? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what even made you doubt yeah. that there would be anyone else? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> I, I remember you saying you got really upset one day, and you were like, why doesn't anybody say, oh, that's Inez's kids? <laughs> Oh, those must be Inez's kids, Inez Murad's kids. And I, and I, I looked at you and know, I was like, oh, shit. Wow. I never thought about that, Mom. Yeah, I'd feel upset about that, too. I carried you for nine, ten months. Right? I gave birth to you. I went through all the fat gain Where's and the stretch my recognition? Marks. Yeah. God dang it. 
Somebody come out with chubby cheeks for Pete's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Or the part in your teeth. Somebody, right? come on. Oh, I love the part in your teeth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I feel like over the years, um, yes, I still look like dad. But <laughs> I also feel like I'm starting to look like you in ways. And like I'm looking at myself ah. and I'm seeing more. Like I feel like I have your legs. Mm-hmm. Like I feel that. And like beyond physical stuff, there is so much yeah. that you have passed down to me there's bound to be yes bound to be but i Mm -hmm. you know yes i have parts of me that are dad but there you have passed down into all of us this sense of independence Mm -hmm. resourcefulness Mm -hmm. you've passed down this great ability in me to be a mother uh, you know, I, 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 of course, I'm gonna recognize you in my own mothering. But even before I became a mother, I knew that there was so many parts of mm-hmm. me that that mm-hmm. you had passed down, and this mm-hmm. great ability to nurture, this great ability to mm-hmm. to to love people where mm. they are. Loving and accepting is easy, mm-hmm. but I wanted to teach you guys how to to be hardworking. If you're yeah. going to commit to something, you got to give it your all. Your first jobs. I said that you don't you don't go looking for a job and then just decide, you know, you're going to go one day, not the other. You you be there because people are depending on. you. So mm-hmm. I tried to teach that to you. And so did your father. And something else that from the get go was. I have no tolerance for people who judge someone by their size, by their color. By their. Intelligence. By their sexuality? By their sexuality. I I never wanted any of my children to judge anyone by anything other than that person's heart, their kindness, their funniness, their whatever. Whatever it was about that person that was positive, that made them made you want them to be your friend. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And if any of you ever let it slip, you know, a negative thing, a racist thing, or making fun of someone, I made it a point mm-hmm. of letting you know, do not. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the main things because I knew that would equip you to face all the different things and all the different people that are in this world, right? I wouldn't say that was the main thing. I say I honestly have always thought of you as, and there's this great quote. Um, I don't know who said it first, but children immortalize their parents, mm. and you, both you and Dad, are will forever obviously are immortalized. Don't make to me, me cry. But you, I have always thought of you as this little <laughs> superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny little <laughs> loving superwoman who you have this incredible ability to see me exactly where I am and you don't miss a fucking beat. No. You do not that, miss a beat. That's just called love. 
I mean, Jesus. No, but Jesus Mom, taught me how love is the most. It's the strongest thing that anyone can have: love and acceptance. And you know, in my darkest times, when I was going through my sexual abuse, that's who I went to. That's who helped me through. And that's what I give not only to you guys, but to everyone that I meet. You do. Is you've got to be kind. You've got to show compassion and love to everybody. Because if you do, you'll get it back. And I did it to you guys. I'm getting it back. Right? I feel like you've done that to so many people and everyone that I run into who knows you. Yes, they know dad, but when I say my mom is Inez, they're like, oh, she is the most amazing woman. <laughs> I mean, we're going to well, make this full I circle. I appreciate my children think that way. No, but so many people think that. when The, the night of my live show, when you came to that and you were so nervous and yeah. you, you had a great time, the amount of people who came up to me afterwards and said, you are so lucky to have her as your mother. Mm. For her to be able to sit here yep. and support you and listen to you. So many people have said, you are so lucky that your mother sees you where mm. you are and accepts you and loves you and listens. Well, hopefully every parent out there with a child has that love and acceptance no matter what. No matter what happens, what you know, your child turns out. May not be what you envisioned when they were born. But regardless, you brought this child up. You you did everything you possibly could. And hopefully the most important thing that you did was just love them unconditionally, accept them for everything they are and everything they did, and just help them get through the rough spots. What what else can a parent do? That's that's the biggest and best thing you can do for your kid. Just help them through those rough spots. Yep. Yep. So that's why I've always tried to be here for you. Yeah. You know, you and Evan, Megan's been through them and Nick's been through them. Yeah. You have. Yeah. You because really have. every everybody goes through rough spots. Everyone has those moments where you think, holy shit, why did I do that? Like, what was I thinking? It's good to have a parent on the side saying, it's all right, honey. You're not the only one that's ever done that. Mm. You know, just, just tell yourself, well, okay, that happened once. Not going to happen twice. Mm. <laughs> you know, learn yeah but don't judge yourself don't feel bad about it it was just a little bump in the road so i know we don't we probably are getting close to running out of time but i want to know and this is for little sarah inside of me <laughs> now that you know pretty much everything <laughs> like <laughs> pretty much everything you know more than i thought you know eight-year-old sarah would ever tell you i don't know how to do a sudoku <laughs> <laughs> i don't know everything i don't know everything. forget no, that mean, jack okay okay in the, okay. In the context okay. of me yeah your daughter i don't know everything about my daughter my daughter is full of surprises okay all i know about my daughter is that she's strong she is so smart she is very talented artist artist <laughs> She's the most wonderful mama mm. in the world. And uh, she's just a big lovey-dovey. <laughs> <laughs> she is. I love her to pieces. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> now you got me crying. Well, there you go. Tip for tat. <laughs> Lipper. Do you, you, how do I word this? Let's end it in a positive note. We've come through it. We've rose above it. Mm. And we're just going to rise even higher with the rest of our lives. Because we have love. Love is the most important thing. Mm. Yeah, love and compassion. Yep. Yeah. And that's a good way to end. Yeah, and let's hope everybody out there experiences the same thing. The same love and compassion from whoever they decide to tell their story to. When you look back, though, you, on me as your daughter and everything that I've been through, mm-hmm. and then again, this is little Sarah asking this, mm-hmm. you're not heartbroken, are you? My heart breaks that the, it happened to you, but it's it's overcrowded by the fact that I'm proud. I'm proud of the fact that how you dealt with it. You didn't you didn't hold back in looking for professional people to help you deal with it. You had Lacey, which was a very, very important thing to have. And when things got a little too overwhelming, you were smart enough to go and seek a professional person to help you through it. Mm. You have a husband who is so open and honest to talk to. And even though, you know, you've both dealt with things that have affected your marriage, you both are seeking help, you know, in Mm. couple therapy and in just writing things down. That's a a big help. I wish I'd known that to just, because sometimes when you write things down and it's there on paper in front of your face, it's a little easier to deal with. Mm. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, it's just a little easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's there for you to go back. But no, I, I, it was sad. It was heartbreaking, right, when it happened. But I'm just proud of the way that you have dealt with it. It was, it was nice. I wish I had had that kind of support. Mm-hmm. I thank God every day that that I was there for you when you needed me. Yeah, and you, you continue to be. There you go. So, with all that being said, with all the tears shed, mm-hmm. I guess we'll end this. And I want to say thank you, Mom, for doing this. Thank, thank you for you. getting over your nerves. Oh, my Lord. You know. I didn't want to come on here and cry and bawl and but blah, 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 blah. Because you're a cancer. Yeah. We both are cancers. Yes. But yes, now we need to go out and have a good belt of something. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> the beer. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be whiskey or a good, uh, a big, great big glass of wine. No, you did great, Mom. And I okay. know that this you, sweetie. conversation. It's good for us to talk. It's good for us to talk. Mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking about all the other people. This will be good for them to listen to. But I'm also thinking about future me. Yeah. And that I will have this episode <laughs> yeah. that I will get yeah. to listen to over and over and over again mm-hmm. for as long as I want to. And my <laughs> grandkids listen to it. There and my go. kids. Oh, no, don't you let them listen. Well, to why not? <laughs> wait, wait until they're at least 20. Oh, God. <laughs> Promise me. 
don't know about that. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you, Mom. Love you too, sweetheart. Let's go eat some pizza because I think the kids are home now. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Did you hear? There's a momgasm party happening every two weeks. That's right. Every two weeks, Lindsay and I are sitting down via Zoom and we are connecting with you, our luscious, loyal, loving listeners, in a never-before-seen way. Well, maybe that's not true. But it's been amazing. We have been having hilarious nights, playing games, sharing stories, and just getting real upfront and personal. The best way we know how. If you want to join, head to our Patreon, where we are serving it up for only $2 a month. So what are you waiting for? Looking to spruce up your wardrobe? Get your hands on the official Momgasm merch. We've got sweaters, we've got t-shirts, we've got everything. Not really. Well, not yet. Head to the link in our description. And don't forget to send us some pictures of you rocking our Momgasm swag. We love it. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Momgasm Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And that's it. We'll catch you next time. Mwah.